Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. It was a big announcement. And um, Air Canada says, go anywhere you want to go. One price, all month. Pretty cool stuff. Claire Newell uh, joining me now. Uh, travel experto. Um, <laughs> I say that putting a little foreign flair on it. Um, because we can't do anything else to go to other foreign places. Claire, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, you know, really wishing that we have... Not that I want to be like the U.S., but they've done a, a few things that lately that I kind of appreciate. That you know, they're they're not having this huge overarching travel advisory in place. They're looking at each country like we used to do and giving it uh, level one, two, three, four, uh, whether you can mm. go or not. And um, they have eliminated the quarantine. I'm not saying just no quarantine. I'm just saying that there's got to be a better way of letting travel open up and the economy continue as far as the travel industry is concerned and still be safe for citizens like maybe even quarantine for 48 hours get a negative covid test and then you're kind of out of jail do you know what i mean like well let's let's talk about that since we're there i mean there are different things going on i mean clearly you can travel within canada domestically we can talk about the past in a second um but if you go into the states you can go in with no test if you but if you go to hawaii uh, you do have to have a negative test, but you have to have it within 72 hours. So where's everything at? Because I know that you can lend some perspective to each scenario. Well, I, I hope so. And I, I should clarify, someone wrote into me and said, you should really look up your geography because you're talking about Hawaii like it's a different country than the United States. And I, mm-hmm. I actually wrote it back is, and though. I said, it is. It totally is. So, um, yeah, even did you know that the Hawaiian banking system actually lends more towards the Japanese banking system than it does American? It's actually not even related. I went there to do some banking stuff and they're like, yeah, we don't, there's no American, no terrestrial American banks in Hawaii that have, that have had offices because it's just different. It's just so interesting. And as far as travel during this whole pandemic, it is absolutely different. So you've always been able to fly to the United States as a Canadian citizen. And you, now you don't have to quarantine when you arrive there. You still can't drive across borders, but you can fly. And you, upon returning to Canada, basically anytime you return to Canada from anywhere in the world, you need to do the 14-day mandatory quarantine as soon as you get back. But into Hawaii, it's been totally different. They uh, have been very careful to protect their citizens. And they originally had planned to open up to trans-Pacific flights. So that included Canadians to be able to go as of August the 1st and um, did no need to quarantine as long as you presented a negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours of your arrival. It was pushed back because of the spike in the U.S. uh, mainland. And then it was pushed back to September 1st, pushed back again because of the um, state of Hawaii. It had a little bit of a spike there, nowhere near what was going on in mainland United States. But um, they just wanted to be really careful. They, Of course, they weren't worried about the health of their citizens more so than... um, you know, bringing back the economy, but they know that that's an important part. And that's why the governor has now said October 15th is the date and, and it still may change, Shane. It's, it's changed twice already. This is the third mm-hmm. date they've had, but um, I think it's, it's great. There's a lot of people, I live in Vancouver and there's a lot of people in 
uh, the area that I live here in BC where they actually have places in Hawaii. They'd love to get there. And um, even if they're, they have to quarantine on the way back, they're still interested in, in going there. And not everyone can do this quarantine on the way back. And that's the real toughie. And it's the real hurdle for the entire Canadian travel industry, uh, particularly the airlines who are doing everything in their power to try and, and continue their business. And still, uh, from the last time I chatted with you, still, we are the only uh, G7 country that has not been helped out. Like our airlines haven't been helped out by the government. Hmm. Well, and it seems to be getting a little bit desperate. So um, a year ago, about a year ago, Flair Airlines, uh, people in Eastern Canada might not know Flair, uh, but it is in Western Canada. And they did a, a travel pass, like a travel passport. And it was a, a flat fee for unlimited travel in their network only for a month. Yeah. And then now Air Canada has come out with a Canadian only domestic travel unlimited pass. And that's the, the really the big travel news. Now it's not cheap, but if you start to do some math on it, there could be some opportunity there. What do you know about that? Yeah, there could be what these unlimited flights uh, within Canada passes are. Um, first of all, I should let you know, they're only uh, going to be sold until September 23rd. So it's a really short window that you can buy it and you buy them in different tiers. The, the cheapest one isn't cheap. It is uh Twenty-two sixty Canadian per month, and that's the standard one. And they kind of go up from there. The the most flexible with the most perks is actually uh, over fifty-six hundred per month. Um, you can buy them for one, two, or three-month options. And all of the plans are really flexible. When I took a dig into it, um, you by flexible. I mean, you can actually change or cancel your flights up to an hour before departure. And if you um, you know, collect miles and you, you're trying to qualify for altitude and getting, you know, all the perks that are come along with that, you can actually get that. Uh, they can trip, like you, you buy one of these passes, you still get it. The catch is you have to be a Canadian resident. You also have to be an Aeroplan member. So if you're not, you can just join for free. Um, and they've got details on their website. The reality is though, now I, I always say when you're looking at these passes, if you for work, say, or um, for family, or you you have time off and you want to go see this country, this is a really good deal. Um, because, say, between Vancouver and Toronto, it could be $500. So mm. you can, it, it's, it's definitely got some perks to it. However, you really have to think about how many flights you're taking. Because if you're like me and you've been watching the airlines, both WestJet and Air Canada have been offering some unbelievable deals, like 25% off every flight in their system um, from time to time, just say it comes up for say a 48 hour, 72 hour sale. So the rates are good. You just have to look at the individual flights for the destinations you want to go to and then kind of compare it. So I wouldn't just go out and buy it unless you know, you're going to be taking quite a few flights. If you're going to do some hopping, I think it might be a great idea. Yeah. Like if you've ever wanted to do, you know, I'm going to go Vancouver to Calgary and then Calgary to Winnipeg, then Winnipeg to Toronto, and then Toronto to Halifax, and you're going to bounce around and you want to hit some of the smaller places from there uh, where the little flights are sometimes the most expensive flights. That's where I could see some opportunity there. Like your, your small towns you want to fly into on a little prop plane. 
as long as it's Air Canada and as long as it's uh, in Canada, then that's where there could be some real opportunity with that path. Yeah. And one other thing that I should mention, and you're totally right, like going from Vancouver, say up north to Prince George is almost as much as it used to be to fly to London from Vancouver. So you're right that the little small hopper flights often are extremely expensive. So it would be really good value if you were doing those types of flights. Um, I do know, though, that still we don't have a consistent um, interprovincial rules. So there are certain places that say if you live in BC, you can't actually fly to Atlantic Canada without quarantining. So, you know, again, it just makes things a little more complicated. So you've got to really, really decide where you want to go and what you want to do, because I know I would love to do parts of PEI and, um, you know, the Atlantic provinces. I, I would love to, and I know I just don't have time to quarantine when I arrive. Yeah. And you know what? That's a really good point. The maritime bubble has done wonderful things for the people in the maritimes for their COVID numbers. Um, But it's made travel kind of confusing. It is less confusing if you did want to go to Europe or the Caribbean or whatever right now, you know that you need to quarantine for two weeks when you come home. You can go to most places. Yeah. But you just need to quarantine when you come home. So if you want to take a two week vacation, you actually need all four weeks. Um, it kind of stinks to think that you take three weeks off work in order to get one week in Mexico. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) But, uh, travel insurance was one of the biggest things that you couldn't get when all of this sort of hit. Now, has that started changing here? Because the competition on this flight, I mean, I would assume WestJet will launch some sort of flight pass thing coming up. Um, I mean, these guys are, are, scraping and scrapping for any dollar they can get. Yeah, they absolutely are. And one of the ways they're doing that is offering some really, really good deals if people are willing to buy them now and travel later. And even if you can't travel when you schedule to go, you can change those flights. So they're really, really flexible. And that's not going to be there when the travel advisory and the quarantine requirement is lifted. Um, so if, if you know that you potentially want to go in spring somewhere, you, you may want to consider jumping on one of the deals. And you're right, quarantining was a massive hurdle. Um, and it's going to be the biggest hurdle moving forward because insurance, it was also a hurdle, but seems like that's um, kind of, it, it's been solved. And originally we started seeing things come out in late July. Actually, it was July 22nd to be exact. <laughs> and um, one of the companies started to offer it because they had so much pressure from their um, Snowbird group. They, that was their biggest portion of clients. And so they took a look and they listened to their clients who said, listen, we're going to go down to or, or go on our Snowbird trips. Many of us own our homes. They're private. We're driving private vehicles. Um, we can quarantine or well, self-isolate like we're doing here and, and protect ourselves. So they agreed to start selling it. And then we started to see some airlines, not Canadian airlines, but some airlines and some um, travel companies like Club Med and Palladium offer it to their guests free of charge. Well, this oh. a couple of weeks ago, things really changed. Air Canada Vacations, which is the vacation arm to basically the popular destinations, uh, put a deal together with an uh, insurance company called Allianz for their vacation packages to sun destinations for this coming fall and winter, free of charge um, for any guests. And as long as you were booking air and hotel packages. A little bit later, we heard that WestJet, um, this was last week, WestJet did a deal with Togo Insurance. And for all of their flights, one way and round trip, as well as the packages that they sell through WestJet Vacations, 
to Mexico, the Caribbean, uh, Europe, and the UK, just not the US. They're offering free of charge COVID coverage to their guests. So the big announcement this morning, not just the unlimited flight passes that Air Canada announced, but Air Canada as a company offering Manulife for all international flights, including the US. So they kind of trump the WestJet by doing that. It's mm-hmm. for new return international flights anywhere outside of Canada um, for bookings from now through until the end of October. They're going to include that COVID-19 uh, coverage for bookings up to 21 days and for travel up until April 12th, 2021. It's like literally every destination outside of Canada, even if it's booked with Aeroplan, just not those and no, no airline's going to do this not with a level four, which is to avoid all travel um, to that destination, that type Mm -hmm. of an advisory. Right now, we, like, as a country, we're being told, you know what, you're at level three, which means avoid non-essential travel. So many people are choosing to travel. Um, Many are, are not. So um, but that's, that, that was really interesting to me. Insurance kind of has come out. I should clarify, cause I know that people listening are going to say, holy cow, free insurance. It's not free travel insurance. It is COVID-19 coverage. So if you get COVID, um, the medical expenses and the quarantine expenses, is co- they're covered for you. But anything else, like if you stand on coral and you need stitches, you still need to have that type of insurance coverage, like emergency medical coverage right. and, um, baggage and personal effects and cancellation and interruption, all of that type of insurance, that's, that's different, but they're including, um, COVID-19 coverage. Um, so it's, they're all a little bit different and all of the companies have them on their website. And then the last company that, um, just announced it kind of late in the afternoon today was that Sunwing came out with COVID, uh, 19 coverage for their, they're doing it through Manulife and they're doing it for their vacation packages. That's all good news, uh, for sure. I mean, I the uh, avoid non-essential travel, I think, has really turned into minimize travel. Um, yes. And that's really what it's come down to. I mean, some families might have gone on three trips in the summertime. They went on one. They didn't go as far, right? Yeah. Um, might have still flown to a family event, but didn't go... F- fly to the see their buddy to go on their annual golf trip right like so the minimal travel has kind of been there but it doesn't seem to be enough in this conversation we have talked an awful lot about you know restaurants and pubs and everything else right we've talked about the pilots we've talked about the tack agents on the ramp we've talked about the flight attendants and the gate agents we've talked about everybody along the way there's one group that we haven't talked about and that would be the travel agents oh it's so sad it's really harsh I mean, because I'm in everybody, the <laughs> they're booking the yeah, they're booking their own stuff. Even right, they're you're going around. You're like, okay, well, I can buy this or I can buy that, and you know, it's not like anybody's calling saying, hey, by the way, set up this most wonderful trip for me and cover all the things I want, all transfers I want to worry about, no things. That's just not happening. So what's going on with the travel folks? Yeah, really interesting that you asked that. It's um. It's tough. I, I really feel like it was the, we were the first working in the travel industry as agents. Um, the colleagues that I work with, they're the first to be hit because they were canceling flights to Asia in February. And they will be the very last to come back because until the travel advisory is lifted and the quarant- mandatory quarantine is lifted, um, they, the, the bulk of their business. So we hear about the airlines, you know, their business is down 99%, 95%. 
that means that the travel agents are in exactly the same boat. And it's sad. I have heard anywhere between 35 and 45% of travel agencies will be closed permanently because of this. I have colleagues that have owned agencies for years and year decades that are closing permanently. I know of one chain in particular, a very popular chain um, that is going from over 150 locations across this country to 33. So um, it is a very different landscape at the end of this for travel for travel agents. I know that some are trying to uh, convert to home-based, but the reality is, is that the bricks and mortar agencies are going to be in a very dark place, um, as soon, especially when uh, the, the rent help from the government and wage subsidies slowly disappear. Because when you're a travel agency, you or a travel agent, you're paid once somebody travels. So most people are booking for 2021 or 2022 even, and those agents are not going to be paid their commission until those people leave. So there's a huge lag as well. If they go. And so they're really, really frustrated. I, I'm, I'm frustrated uh, on so many levels at the moment. I'm not sure you heard the study that was going on. Um, well, not even a study. The, you know, in the U.S. that the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, were testing people in, that were coming into the U.S. into 15 airports. And we here have international flights coming into four. They limited it just because um, they were trying to control, control the, the situation and any potential spread of COVID-19. Center for Disease Control last week came out with the numbers. They tested 675,000 people in those 15 airports. Less than 15, one five people had COVID. Hmm. Um, so they scrapped that program and now the airlines are going to be able to fly into all of the airports that they had previously our Canadian government is still allowing um, actual studies and money to be poured out by two airports and two airlines. So in Vancouver, WestJet is testing all of the people, uh, a, a number of people, it's voluntary, who are flying out. And uh, Air Canada, along with um, Toronto Airport Authority, are testing people that are coming in. Again, it's voluntary and they are going to be taking these numbers to the federal government and showing how many people have COVID-19 when they come in. Like if they trusted the Center for Disease Control, they would have an idea of the types of numbers. They're going to be so slim. And so it's, it's really frustrating all around um, because I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that there are is a way to protect Canadians. I don't want to that travel to be the cause of spread, but when people are getting it, when they're going to parties and they're going to bars and restaurants and just living life and getting it because they're not being careful, so few are getting it on air, air aircraft. A another example of the numbers WestJet released um, a numbers. They had um, they flown seven hundred and twenty five thousand people on 19,370 flights over a period from, I think it's um, late March until, it, this was until August the 25th. It was actually March 23rd to August 25th. And there were 230 of those flights that actually had somebody that did have COVID who were flying. So those were the ones that were listed when you see media uh, show flights where there was exposure. Mm -hmm. It was less than 1% of the flights. And you know that they, what they also announced with those numbers was the fact that of that, 
not a single case of transmission. Yeah, the transmission part is always the number. They're, they're, they're running into that wall with schools right now. They're talking about, you know, cases in schools, but the clarity is not based on transmission in schools because you could go to the mall and you could get your COVID in the mall and then you could bring it to school, right? Right. And they're not talking about transmission. And that's, that's, the, that's the part that gets me too. You know, I so, would happily, the, happily, um, and I said this earlier in the show, I would happily quarantine for a lesser period and even pay for a COVID-19 test upon return to shorten my quarantine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think you're, you're not alone in that. And it's, it's disturbing when you think about um, where some of the freedoms are and where the, some of the freedoms are not. And that certainly has Canadians frustrated for sure. And don't get me wrong, I am not advocating for anybody to be reckless no i am not either you know there there's a really i also don't think you should be floating around the planet right now either i think you should be responsible in where you go and only go to the places that you've researched and and you know that it matters to you yeah and i want the canadian government to tell me where what should be uh level one two three or four and i would absolutely um go by those rules but there are places in the world that have lesser infection rates than we do and we should be i feel allowed to go there and then carefully come back and have our negative test and, and go on with our, our life. But right now, at least the travel industry is completely handcuffed. And I really do believe that there is a way to open up the industry and still keep us as safe as citizens here in Canada. Well, you can fly around most of Canada unlimited with Air Canada <laughs> with a small window to buy it. I would expect WestJet will come out with something similar and just to compete because the battle is on. Claire Newell, uh, website for everybody to your travel best bets and all the things that you like to do. Uh, where does everybody go? Travelbestbets.com. It's super easy. <laughs> there it is. Claire Newell, thanks. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, thanks so much, Shane. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Uh, here we are uh, with uh, time to uh, do the uh, uh, Are You Okay things. Should we do that? Uh, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Yay! Ooh, you psyched me out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Uh, this is interesting. Um, uh, we talked about this a little earlier on. Had a conversation with Charles. And uh, sorry, I... I was really overgoing there, Matt. Can we do the bed again? That's okay. I was uh, very overzealous with it. You did have a little premature bed elation right there. <laughs> Are you okay with a driver allegedly sleeping in a self-driving, speeding Tesla on the QE2? Isn't technology great? Those robot cars, you can just take a nap and then you're there. Going from A to B <laughs> has never been easier. Although that would be nice, though, if you could just sleep and wake up and then you're there. That's cool. I'm just kidding. That is really unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm taking that's a no then, Matt. I'm I'm not okay. I still don't trust robot cars. No? You're not there yet? Not there yet. I I prefer driving the old-fashioned way, you know, the tan and the two, pedal pedal to the metal. Yeah, window down, left arm sunburn. Exactly. Nice. Jason Manawas. Uh, would you, uh, if you could trust your fart car to uh, to drive itself, would you sleep? <laughs> that, always, that always takes me off guard. Um, I actually like the feeling of driving, uh, you know, like clutching in, pulling the gears and uh, shifting. Um, but with when it comes to this this type of stuff, like I think the I think the technology is like really really uh, really cool. Um, but I, yeah, not, I'm not okay with this. This is super dangerous, um, and I think that I don't know. I like. I think you've seen enough stories. Like, this isn't even the only story that no. involves 
a driver sleeping in the car. It's like it's not the first. So yeah, yeah not and it hasn't gone well for everybody either. Let's just put it that way. Alberta yeah. RCMP have charged a BC man with dangerous driving. Uh, witnesses claim the driver and his passenger was were there asleep. Picture this in your mind for a second. Car is ripping down the road. Uh, the whip is ripping down the road, eh? And uh, they were asleep in the seats, fully reclined, so you probably can't even see them. The Tesla was traveling up to 150 kilometers per hour on Highway 2 between Edmonton and Calgary. This is Fletcher Kent. Notice anything missing from this picture? Like, say, anyone in the car? Back in July on Highway 2 near Pinoca, drivers and police certainly noticed. The officer was quite shocked when he realized he couldn't see anybody in the Tesla either. The seats were fully reclined. The person who called 911 said the driver and the passenger were asleep. The Tesla was traveling at up to 150 kilometers per hour. So he activates a siren on the police car. Uh, at this point in time, from right behind the Tesla, he's able to then see uh, a person from the driver's seat sit up. Teslas have an autopilot feature meant to assist alert drivers, not take over for them. Uh, lately, the technology has been abused. In the States, shocked drivers have taken video of several people seemingly asleep at the wheel on busy interstates. The car is checking on you. Chris Fulgham is a Tesla owner. He also owns a transportation safety company. He says autopilot requires drivers to keep their hands on the wheel, but some drivers are finding ways to beat the safety protocols. They'll do things like duct tape a water bottle to the steering wheel to always give that feedback to the car. And that bothers him, to see a cutting-edge safety feature turned into something dangerous. need to have the, the pioneers of these new features treat them appropriately so that we can get public confidence in the system. It all prompts this rather basic plea from police. Don't rely on those systems to drive your vehicle. You still have the responsibility as the person sitting in the driver's seat to do just that, drive. Fletcher Kent, Global News. 877-399-9898. If you drive a fart car, you don't like driving. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> I, uh, sorry, buddy. If it's any consolation, my van doesn't even fart anymore. So it just, it just sits there, man. Like a sad van. Yeah. A guy sleeping in his robot car. That's funny and crazy. Is the guy okay? Well, the guy's okay. Can you imagine the wake up when the siren blares? You're sleeping in the car. The car's driving and the siren blares behind you. Whoa, what a wake up that would be. My goodness. 877-399-9898. Um, let's go to Randy in Edmonton and uh, say, hey, Randy, you heard Charles and I talk about this earlier, huh? Hey, my first thing, Shane, would my first question to the driver would be, "How big was the joint that put you to sleep?" Oh dear, that's <laughs> not Alberta, okay. After all, we do lead the nation in pot stores. Well, that is true, and uh, and that was the question that Charles asked me. He said, "Okay, if you could speak to this person and ask this person the very first question uh, after they get out of the car, what would be the question? The first question that you would ask them?" And my question was, "Did you have a nightmare or a dream about driving?" And then have to wake up and panic and realize that, yes, you were sleeping and actually driving. Because anybody who's ever pulled over to the side of the road and had a little nap because they were tired, I've done that. And then I have a dream about driving in my sleep. And um, and then it's panic time because you wake up. It's like, like literally in like, real life. There it is, except you're not actually driving. You're on the side of the uh, we're on the side of the road. My goodness. So, Randy, what do you think here? Um, these self-driving cars, are they the there yet? Just, I'll be... He obviously wasn't responsible enough to be driving the vehicle, so it's mm -hmm. a good thing the computer took over. Yeah, well, that's a, maybe a good point, eh? 
Um, and I'm, I don't know, I, I'm guessing it wasn't his car. Well, the assertion in the article driving that, a Tesla has got to be a, a, maybe a gift well, or something of that nature. So responsibility may not be, unless he's a tech wizard, it may yeah. not be his forte. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, the Teslas are cool, though. Have you ever sat in one, Randy? I've seen one. I've never. I'm too big to sit in one. I'm literally one of those people that can't get in one. So you can't get point? in it, hey? I have a buddy who has one, and when it's parked, you can actually play video games on the screen and use the steering wheel and gas pedal and brake pedal like it's a driving game. Well, the closest I've come is a Volt, and a neighbor has one, and I can get in that. And she says she hasn't put gas in it since January. So, well, well see, that's cool. Um, the only thing though, I would say is, does a Volt have a fireplace on the screen when you turn the heater on? Cause that's pretty cool. I know how ridiculous. Well, bring your laptop and you could have anything you want in your car. Right? Yeah. But then you, you get distracted driving tickets. You're not allowed to hold your laptop in your hand, Randy. It's on the seat beside Jeez. you and you're reclined fully. How can they tell? <laughs> who would, <laughs> who are we kidding? The fire in the, on the screen would creep you out after your big doobie that you were asserting here. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that's what put him to sleep because you're driving a Tesla. You want to be proud and have everybody watching you and looking at you going, hey, look at that guy driving the Tesla, right? Look at my car. He, he made hey, that by sleeping. I'm going to acknowledge Randy for waiting because Randy called in some time ago. So thanks for your patience and thanks Have for joining night, us on the show, Randy. See you, bud. Bye-bye. Uh, I would also like to point out for all the times that everybody has uh, made comments about Albertans driving in BC that you'll notice that uh, the story is a BC man and no one called in and insulted him. So I think that is possible that we can actually, you know, I mean, we'll insult Jason's car because he deserves it, but we're not going to insult this guy province to province. You see what just happened there? There's no text. No comments. I just want to like high five everybody, give you a smack on the butt. Don't tell HR and say good work because nobody made comments about it being a BC driver in Alberta. Not yet. Valid. <laughs> Pending. Pending. <laughs> Pending. 877-399-9898. Um, you were talking to Charles about the dumbass who was sleeping behind the wheel in his Tesla. Your first question would be, mine would be, just how effing stupid are you? That's a very valid question, too. Um, I might ask, whose car is it? Uh, Trucker Dan says, self-driving cars cannot be trusted yet. If I told you how many times a night I have uh, sensors go out on my rig, uh, that's probably supposed to be driver's uh, aids that you have, uh, would scare you anything built after 1978. So the technology fails is what uh, I think Trucker Dan's saying there. Absolutely, man. That's crazy. Um, you know, my little car, my little Chevy hatchback that I have today, just pulling in the garage, hit the brakes and it lurched forward. That was it. Then I took the keys out of the car, closed the car. I had the keys in the house and my son went to adjust the car and he started it with no keys in it. So if my car can't even figure out whether it can start or not, or whether it goes forwards or backwards, um, or where the brake means stop or not go, I can't even imagine a, a driverless car, uh, doing some auto propelled thing. That's remarkable. Hmm. All right. Your calls, your texts, always welcome here on The Shift. Um, I'm just going to scroll ahead for one second here. Bars versus schools. Are you okay? Are you okay with having to make a choice between bars and schools? Um, yeah, that would be a... Well... I, I think for, for some people, it's not a tough choice. For some people, it's not a tough choice at all. Right. But, um, I mean, yeah, and you can't drink at a school. That's that's pretty frowned upon. Uh, who said? 
Can't. You just said can't. You said can't and frowned upon. Which is it, Matt? Because <laughs> to me, that's you shouldn't drink at a school. You shouldn't it's frowned upon. drink at a school. All right. All right, Jason. What is it? Um, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with having to choose between the two. Because on one hand, it's like students like learning. It's their future. But on the other hand, you know, bars and those small restaurants, they benefit the economy. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. Oh, harsh on the small business person. All right, BC Banquet Hall Association President uh, Sukman questions the BC government on shutting down banquet halls and talks about the struggles many will face. I'm totally shocked. I didn't know that we were nightclubs. How so? We don't fall into the category of nightclubs. We are licensed as uh, restaurants. We're shut down. We're done. How do we pay our taxes? How do we pay our mortgages? How do we pay our, any of our rents? How do we pay our employees? How do we pay our suppliers? How do we do? How do we function? We cannot operate under these uh, circumstances. We'll be, we're financially done. So I am not okay with the restaurants. That part I'm not okay with. The small restaurants and the small pubs and stuff. Nightclubs. I mean, I ran out of glow sticks weeks ago. So I'm not worried about the nightclubs. Uh, the article from the World Health Organization says it's time and countries must choose between um they must choose between schools being open and kids going back to school and getting an education or nightclubs being open that was the article now experts of course say that it's not that simple because you know kids haven't been back in school yet so we don't know what the contagiousness will be like that will be found out shortly and bars aren't even open everywhere when it comes to bars, I mean, full on nightclubs, bars, 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 not just pubs, people sitting around having some wings, you know, like a liquor leaning restaurant. I don't know. I, I, so many parents, man, that's where you go. You go to the pub when the kids go to school. That's what you do now. You, you, you wait all summer for the kids to go to school and then, yeah. Then it's daddy needs a couple of days off to drink away the summer. But yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, I think it's an easy choice when it's like a nightclub versus a school, but yeah, you do get into the sort of the gray area territory when it's bars and things like that. And I mean, I'm, I'm a bar guy. I'm a partial to bars. You yeah. Know. You like the pub, right? Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's a little more spread out. Like nightclubs, you get like big groups of people congregating together and it's, you know, it's not the most conducive situation for being safe. You can still be safe at a bar, I think. That's just my... Well, it's usually seating. I, I, I think that what you're saying, can I, I'll just try here, Matt, and yeah. I think to elaborate on what you're saying is that typically at a pub, you're seated. Yes. At a bar, you're not seated, right? You're crowded. So, uh, that being said, I, uh, I hate to be the responsible one, but I would have to say schools. And uh, throw a rave by yourself in your dining room or something. Yeah, it's it's the age of the bedroom rave. <laughs> Not quite sure if uh, if that's a thing. Just saying. <laughs> 877-399-9898. We've got time, I think, for this one. Um, are you okay with a school telling a fifth grader that they're not allowed to wear their mask in class. Well, that seems very odd. There must be something on the mask that's uh, questionable. I would say that no. I mean, this kid is being responsible. What a leader. 
coming to school with the other fifth graders saying, come on, friends and chums, we need to be responsible at school. Get your mask on. So, no, I'm not okay with a school telling a kid to take away, take his mask off. Jason? Yeah. I w- yeah. Why would you, if, if the whole science behind wearing masks is to protect students, like why would you tell a student not to wear a mask? So, yeah, absolutely right. not okay with it. All right. Are you okay uh, with a fifth grader being told to remove their mask? The fifth grade student was told not to wear his Hooters face mask in class because oh. it violates student code of conduct. There it is. Ian Golba, 11, has been wearing a mask from a Hooters restaurant to class, uh, something he said uh, he has been using since school started at Sunset Park Elementary in August. Down in the States, by the way, in some of the hot states, they start school a little bit earlier because it's so hot outside. Uh, Fox 35, Orlando's Valerie Bowie has this story. Welcome back. 9.13 is the time right now. A fifth grader in Orange County has been removed from class for wearing a face mask with the Hooters logo on it. 11-year-old Ian Goba has been using the mask since school started. Well, earlier this week, the principal asked him to remove it. He said it was inappropriate because it expresses women's, uh, it expresses women's body. Another teacher also told him to wear the mask inside out. A spokesperson for the district says mask requirements fall under the student code of conduct in the dress code section. Joining us now on the phone is Ian's dad, Steve Golba. Hey, Steve, good morning. It is good to hear you. I won't say see you, but good to hear you this morning. Good morning. So here's the deal. Your son had been wearing the mask to school all year long. Apparently there were no issues. And then he tried to wear it again the other day and there was an issue. Tell me what happened. Yes, yeah, so on Monday, Ian was, uh, he, he's been wearing the mask since the beginning of the year. On Monday, Ian was uh, asked by a teacher uh, to remove the mask and Ian asked why. And she said it was inappropriate. Uh, Ian said he didn't understand that. And she said, well, you can go down to the principal's office and um, he will tell you why. So when he went down to the principal's office, he asked Ian to remove the mask three times. Ian asked him why, you know, why is it inappropriate? It's a restaurant. There's nothing derogatory about the mask. There's nothing offensive about the mask. It's a restaurant. And the teacher or the principal uh, stated that, um, you know, it was offensive to uh, to women, that the restaurant is offensive to women. And um, at that point in time, uh, my son is not one that's going to, you know, uh, defy, uh, you know, order. So he did, uh, he took the mask off. Uh, I heard about it and uh, I called the principal and I asked him why. And he gave me the same reasons that it's offensive to women. It's uh, derogatory and inappropriate. And I said, the mask represents a restaurant. My son wasn't doing anything, uh, you know, but wearing the mask that the school required. Um, So at that point in time, he said he was going to contact Uh, his superiors downtown and that he would get back to me uh, in which he never got back to me to uh, clearly state the the reasoning behind it so uh, here we are today you know so the uh just to be clear it is a mask representing a restaurant that has for a very long time marketed itself marketed itself in a fashion that exaggerated certain physical features of women so after that are you i'm okay with that i'm i'm as long as they give him another mask to wear 
But I don't think they have to ask the kid for that. I think they call the parents and say, hey, it violates the, the code of conduct. We've replaced the mask. Yeah, no, you still got to be safe, even if it's got um, a big pear on it. Uh, it wasn't a fruit mask. <laughs> if that um, was the only mask, then yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there was a time when uh, I went to the liquor store and they, uh, they, I bought some beer and it was Coors Light and they gave me a Coors Light cap. And my son grabbed the Coors Light cap and went to school. And I was like, whoa, buddy, you can't wear that to school. He goes, why? It's just a black hat that says Coors Light. And he's right. It is. I'm like, yeah, but you're in grade six and you're wearing a beer hat. So I don't think that's okay. <laughs> and then he came back to me, retorted and said, but dad... Uh, you had those. Uh, you sent uh, us to school with our lunches in liquor store plastic bags last week, like the the wine store. And I didn't even think. And I, I just grabbed some bags because I ran out of the lunch bags, and I threw their lunches in plastic bags from the bin. And um, and uh, yeah, they were liquor store like Joe's wine store bags. So um, uh, one point for my son, zero points for dad. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.